to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 228, starting off security news. There's a new physical evil made attack against Windows and Linux systems that lets an attacker bypass the lock screen for a system in under five minutes. Basically, it just allows you to, if you have any time with a computer, you can basically uh, take the keyboard off, make a connection, and... uh, get full access to the system, just completely bypassing the initial security login screen. And the research will be shown at this year's Black Hat conference, which along with DEFCON is now virtual. Major ransomware attack has been launched against private legal firm that does work for top TV and movie celebrities, including people like De Niro, The Weeknd, and David Letterman. They're threatening to release over a terabyte of dirt on the clients unless law firm pays the ransom and they have a history of doing this and actually releasing data, so it's it's not an idle threat. It looks to be real. Clearview AI says it's only going to sell services to government-related customers from now on. No more private sales. I think this is interesting, but I wonder if that'll be enough to stop the deluge of lawsuits that have already come inbound. Probably not. Black Hat and DEFCON have gone virtual this year. Uh, mentioned that in the beginning, don't go to Vegas. It really is canceled this time. Officials in Seoul have reclosed their bars indefinitely because somewhere between 27 and 40 new cases of COVID-19 were associated with people gathering there. So they locked it down, things got good, they opened it back up, and uh, sure enough, people started getting sick again. And uh, they have good contact tracing and good testing, which is how they know. Um, and we don't have that in the U.S., so really worry about places like Florida and Texas who are going to open things up without being able to monitor how bad it gets. The U.S. Army is using an MMO called War Thunder to train cavalry troops during the quarantine. The game allows soldiers to get familiar with multiple roles in a way that's difficult and expensive to do in real life. You can swap in and swap out in different stuff and uh, learn different positions. It's pretty cool. A cybersecurity company in Israel says a group of hackers called Nikon, which is thought to be associated with the Chinese military, has released a new tool called Aryabadi. They say the tool uses multiple techniques to make it easy to gain control over systems and remain undetected, which is kind of the goal of a lot of malware, but evidently it's a pretty good package. A 5G conspiracy theorist spat on a broadband engineer in London. Basically, they were in line at a coffee shop and they saw that the person had the engineer had the logo of this this uh, broadband company on their jacket. They got in a fight with him, and evidently spat in his face, and he ended up getting super sick, which he of course thinks is probably coronavirus. And meanwhile, seventy-seven five G towers have been attacked throughout the UK by similar type folks. PC games are struggling with a rise in cheating related to the pandemic and a massive surge in players. My buddy Jason and I created the OWASP game security framework a few years back, and uh, we were trying to address this and 
kind of a structured way, but it's currently on hold while he works at an actual gaming company. Can't really participate in that kind of stuff while he's there. Zoom has purchased Keybase, which has confused a lot of people in the industry, including me. And the Gruck thinks it's actually a signal that they're not going to let someone like China gain access to their data. So they're basically saying, look, we're going to do end-to-end encryption everywhere. No one's going to have access to your data. I've not thought a lot about that, but seems like a smart theory. Advisories. VBulletin has a critical vulnerability. Patch it immediately if you have it. Cisco has patched multiple high-severity vulns in its security products. There's a one MMS ownage attack to Samsung phones. So definitely want to patch that one. And SAP has some vulns in its cloud products. Technology news. Tesla just reopened its Fremont factory today against the orders of the county. And this is after Musk said he's leaving California for Texas or Florida because they actually allow people to go back to work. And I think uh, these types of outbursts seem to be a common downside of having that much creativity and eccentricity. And uh, hopefully I'll settle down soon. And definitely if we see data that opening back up is actually hurting people, hopefully then he'll change his tune. Omelia raised 20 million to use AI for customer support, but don't worry. Um, all those millions of customer service people can probably just pivot to coding, right? Learn to code. I really don't get that argument. That was sarcasm. Anyway, Amazon has just released Kendra, which is kind of like their take on Splunk, only powered by the back end of AI and NLP. So you're supposed to be able to just ask a question in a natural way, which I think is very sci-fi of them. It, this is what I really like about them. They kind of like, they just do constant moonshots. So you're supposed to be able to just type in what you're looking for in whatever language and have it magically come back with the answer. All I can really say about this is it, it's likely to be really bad in the beginning uh, without even having seen it. And it's probably likely to get better. And the fact that they're even trying it is exciting. I'm really happy that companies like Splunk and Amazon and Google are all competing on this. It's uh, really good for us as consumers. Someone created a modular synth called Synth Space in virtual reality. So put on the goggles, go in there, and you're actually turning the knobs and controlling the synthesizer, just like a real DJ. I think that's really cool. I think the next version of the hardware, I'm definitely getting in. Next version of the hardware combined with, you know, some good games, I'm definitely getting in. Over 44 million U.S. adults are supposedly borrowing someone else's streaming account. It's a high number, 44 million. It's not a high number, it's a large number. Anyway, human news. Finland is abandoning subject-based learning and moving to phenomenal education. That's the brand, phenomenal education, where real-world phenomenon are the foundation of learning. The idea is to have the class explore a real-world situation or like a job or a function or whatever, a thing. And to study that across all the different subjects of you know math, science, um, life, life science, whatever. And yeah, it's based on constructivism, which is the idea that you learn best by doing things as opposed to instructivist, which is, I think I'm saying that right. It's um, where you just learn, you know, like uh, by books in an old style classroom. So they're going all in on this and abandoning their main uh, subjects. It's going to be really interesting to see the data on this in whatever, 5, 10, 20 years. 
ER visits are down 40 to 50%, and doctors are really concerned. The problem is a lot of those visits are strokes and heart attacks, and the doctors are freaking out because they're like, you know, these aren't going to go down during a pandemic. They're still going to have them at home. If they're not coming in, that means they're, you know, going through this and they're either surviving or they're not. I think this is quite related to the other story in the New York Times from last week, which showed that the percentage of people dying at home has gone up 50%. And those numbers are not included in the coronavirus numbers. But um, maybe, maybe because of coronavirus, they're not going to the ER. Maybe more people are dying of coronavirus. You know, some some combination of those two. New York Times did a great story on job loss in April, which ended up being 20 million jobs, 20 million and a half actually. But the highlight was the data visualization that they used for the piece. It's a chart showing losses and gains over time, going back multiple decades. But it has this massive red line that goes downwards on the right side of the page. It actually looks like a margin to the page. It looks like it's drawing a, drawing a giant box around the story. It's an actual two-scale indicator of how much we've lost relative to previously. It's really, really cool. NASA is making a serious attempt to land a human on the moon by the end of 2024. Ideas, Trends, and Analysis, a three-tiered approach to securing your home network. This is an essay I did last weekend, and it blew up over the weekend. Uh, probably had like, I don't know, 10, 20,000 hits on it. Yeah, really good, uh, really good feedback on that. And uh, yeah, it's a three-tiered approach. So it's got like a basic, here's the first three things you do. If you want to do intermediate, here's the next three, and then the advanced three. So it's nine different steps with the first three being the most important, and then you get diminishing returns for the ones after. And the first three are exactly what you would think. It's, you know, um, passwords, patching, and in this case, I recommended Malwarebytes, which evidently doesn't do so well compared to enterprise products, but it's the best consumer one that I know of. And websites are all starting to look the same. This is a pretty cool piece that does some quantitative analysis on different looks of websites and the colors they use and their structures. The VR Winter by Benedict Evans talks about why VR is not taking off at this moment and what actually is going to be the moment if VR actually does have a moment, like what's going to bring that on. And Peloton continues to absolutely crush it. Revenue is up 66% over last quarter. I think it hits all the notes of exercise, social interaction, and a status symbol, which means it's great for rich people, and that's exactly who's buying it. And I was tricked into thinking I had grit. Pretty cool essay here. Updates. So I just saw this article about the last unicorn. It was kind of a feature piece talking about how awesome it was. And that movie massively affected me as a kid. Um, I also just watched The NeverEnding Story as well, which I also hadn't done since childhood. Haven't actually seen Last Unicorn. Uh, I'm going to do that again probably soon. But the never-ending story was particularly powerful for me, and I think it was probably the whole bridge between fantasy and reality that got me, not to spoil anything. But I was absolutely devastated with a when Atreyu lost his horse, and the princess altered my universe long before I knew girls were even a thing. So I just a lot of memories there. And I'll be speaking at DEF CON this year at the Red Team Village. Topic will be automating recon using Linux. So it'll be virtual, but um, I'll put out the details when I get them. Discovery. Got a photographer who tinkers with time, encouraging a culture of written communication within your business. 
Got a guy here who created a blog powered by Google Docs. Got a piece here, now is the perfect time to memorize a poem. I think I might actually try this. And I haven't started listening yet, but I just subscribed to a podcast called War on the Rocks, which is about security, intelligence, national policy, that sort of thing. Got a guy here who documents his setup of using MUT and Vim for email. I've done this before and I really loved it, but now I'm hooked on Superhuman, so I don't know if I could try this. Celebrities are reading Harry Potter for the public. Got Vim as a markdown editor, which is a cool piece. Using Nmap as a lightweight Volden scanner. SSH Prank is a tool that it's basically an SSH scanner and banner grabber based on Python and Mascan. Word Scraper, this is super cool. It's a Selenium-based web scraper to generate password lists. So you're trying to attack a website, it'll go through and scrape everything and build you a word list that you can you know, build a hybrid list out of uh, to combine it with a bunch of other stuff like ABC123 and that kind of stuff. GF patterns, a bunch of content-specific patterns for TomNomNom's GF utility. And some examples are SSRF, RCE, LFI, SQLi, IDOR, URL redirection, debug logic, etc. And recommendations. As many of you know, I normally watch very little TV, but I've used the lockdown as an excuse to binge basically anything of significant reputation. And in my travels so far, I have three recommendations for you in this order. Afterlife by Ricky Gervais, Devs, which is on FX and it's unbelievable, and Upload, which is kind of my least favorite. Um, it's not super serious, but it's some pretty, pretty good sci-fi uh, combined with a decent story. So I think you'll like all three of those. Definitely top-heavy, Afterlife being the best and devs being really, really good as well. Probably even better produced than Afterlife. It's just a completely different animal though. So definitely recommend those Afterlife devs and upload. And the less you know about them, the better. Just trust me if you like the newsletter, if you like this podcast, you'll probably love these as well. And the aphorism for the week, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Winston Churchill. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe inserted ads are not just annoying, but that their business model is toxic to content creation. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here. And they also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmisro.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already done so. Each of you is participating in the direct model of creator support that is helping this show survive and grow. And I greatly appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.